Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on February 20th, 2013. Newcomers, make sure you help yourself to the free audios at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. There's years to go back in, uh, and you could actually start to understand the system you're born into. It really is quite a deception. Be a trained, really, to be, uh, have a low-level understanding of things. To really believe that what the media spews out uh, is really all the truth there is, and it's all you, you have to really know. In fact, most folks, Brzezinski said, expect the media to do the reasoning for them now. They're trained that way. Unfortunately, it works awfully well. Uh, previous generations were all suspicious of newspapers, but... Um, Massive propaganda, especially tel- through television and, uh, and major stories like 60 Minutes and things like that, trained the public gradually that somehow the media was on the ball and they were all out to get truth and justice done and so on. And that's all the propaganda that you need to start believing that that's what they really do. But in fact, the big organization that runs the world and set up the system, the Royal Institute of International Affairs, CFR, all the editors and owners of these papers are all members of across the whole world. And so whatever you get uh, to read is, is simply what they dish out for you to read. Sometimes partial truths, very often vast omissions uh, of the rest of the, the, the truth in, in any particular article, which leads you to come to the proper conclusion that they want you to come to. So anyway, help yourself to the audio as you'll start to understand the big system you're born into. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. And you can keep me ticking along here by getting the books and the discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, if you want to buy them, you can still use a personal check or international postal money order from the post office, cash or PayPal. And remember, straight donations are really, really awfully welcome in these austere times. And across the world, you can use Western Union, Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. But we are really moving ahead fast now, as everyone knows, I'm sure, because really, if you take Gulf War One, we'll be at war constantly since Gulf War One to the present time, and there's more wars to go as you go through all the, the remaining Muslim countries that still don't have central banks, especially those ones, because they're standardizing the world under one system. And the plan was, say, set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs at the beginning of the 20th century, at least openly, that is. And they created the World Bank, they created the Bank for International Settlements, they created the IMF, and the guys who comprised the setting up of the Royal Institute of International Affairs were all top international moneylenders themselves. They lent to nations. So the idea was to take over all the mineral rights and all the resources of the world and bring in the world run properly by a scientific establishment which would work for the boys at the top. And that's what you're living through today. Standardization. And that includes all of, of you back home too. Uh, because you have to all be standardized as well. Most of you are. Where you dress, you conform, you're, you're giving your politi- politically correct updates all the time, you adapt them very quickly, and, um, and you think you're all normal. But you, you've been run scientifically and you don't even know it yourselves. Where your thoughts come from, as I said before, where your opinions come from, it's all given to you. 
through special techniques that are used, very simple ones, really, mostly, at least, uh, there's, a, there's a more advanced ones as well, but simple techniques to make sure that you're standardized, even though you think you're radical at times. They even give you the radical groups to join. And you see, they've got society just cut up into a, a thousand little specks of types. And for every group uh, that, that uh, you, you sort of go into, it's, it's purpose made for you to go into. And that way, the powers that be can control all of them. If you have a, tr- a truly grassroots movement, you won't get funding. You won't get a mention anywhere. And you go under. So even the radical groups, as I say, work for the big boys. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're cutting through the Matrix and talking about the big world, it really, really is and we've been at war for an awful long time and those who control and own us, in fact, were at war with us, still are, uh, for an even longer time and that's why they, they, they turned out the books in the early 20th century talking about, oh, there's too many of you know those kind of people and there will be even more in the future and then when the Royal Institute of International Affairs came up with its free trade idea in, in the early 1900s they said eventually all the poor countries will flood into the first world countries and you know, get the appearance of overpopulation because the whole world was to be treated the same way, in other words, enforced in this belief that there's just too many people. If the, the numbers in the, in the first world countries have been plummeting, in fact, because they were doing what they were told, they were, they were for going and getting married and they were getting cars and things instead of the material things, as Charles Galt and Darwin suggested they do. And so they were good. They did what they were told, good two-shoes. And then, of course, the prime minister said on behalf of the banks, they owed money to, but they opened the floodgates to immigration because uh, we can't pay off the debt. There's no enough children to pay off the debt. It's intergenerational debt, which is slavery, actually, in actual fact, you see. Very simple. So the world's a big plan, an all big, big plan. Everything's a big, big plan in the world. And we get the, the we get really the, the garbage that the media tosses to us to believe in. Anyway, and most folk don't really care because they're really happily entertained today like never before. There's so much cheap entertainment for most folk. They're quite, quite happy. And this article here sums up the war. It's ongoing as they go after all the resources of the world, standardizing it all. They must get a central bank in. They must get IMF in and borrow money, get into perpetual debt like the first world countries. And then, of course, they, they must start standardizing their laws with the rest of the world. Uh, and that's what, of course, free trade also brings in. It's not enough to join for free trade. You must standardize all your laws, all your laws, all of them, to suit the main uh, party involved that runs it all. And this article here shows you what even Australia is doing too, although you can't really blame Australia because there are people in the world that are born in different countries that really don't have any affiliation with those countries. But this says here, Western exceptionalism is crumbling as Aussie's senator deported from Malaysia. And says the senator was to meet with Wall Street London-funded fake democracy from Bercy, IMF frontman Anwar Ibrahim, which is Abraham. The Australian reported in its article, this is the paper, Xenophon, Xenophon is a guy's name, deported by Malaysia. It says that Australian uh, Senator Nick Xenophon has been detained and then deported in Malaysia as part of an unofficial parliamentary delegation to review the electoral system. 
Now, why are they going there in the first place as an unofficial parliamentary delegation to review Malaysia's electoral system? In reality, Senator Xenophon was part of a Western effort to assist Malaysia's Wall Street London-backed opposition into power as part of a wider geopolitical strategy to, to align Southeast Asia against China's emerging regional influence. This is confirming this, the Australian also reported that he and other Australian MPs were to meet opposition leader Anwar Ibrahim, as well as Malaysia's, Malaysia's minister in charge of parliamentary affairs, Mohammed Na- Nasri, his name is, and members of the British, uh, oh, sorry, not the British, the, the Bersai, the Coalition for Clean and Fair Elections. And it says, <clears throat> Bersai, of course, is admittedly funded by the US State Department through the National Endowment for Democracy. It's quite a great thing, this, this National Endowment for Democracy. They generally fund all the NGOs for soft power, that's what they call it, the United Nations, to start riots and so on and overthrow people and put in their own boys. This is according to a Malaysian Insider report in June 27, it says 2011, Bersi figurehead uh, Ambiga uh, Strina Vasan herself admitted to Bersi receiving some money from two U.S. organizations, the National Democratic Institute and Open Society Institute, for other projects which she stressed were unrelated to the June 9, 2011 march. And it says, Xenophon plans meeting with, uh, uh, says, uh, a meeting with Anwar Ibrahim, who with Western backing has in fact created Bercy to propel himself into power, is also indicative that Australia's insidious meddling of Malaysia's sovereign internal affairs. And it says, um, who is Anwar Ibrahim? They're trying to get in. Chairman of the Development Committee of the World Bank. Oh, it's amazing how it's a small world, isn't it? And International Monetary Fund in 1998 and held lecturing positions at the School of Advanced International Studies at John Hopkins University, which was was a consultant to the World Bank and a panelist at the neocon-lined National Endowment for Democracy's Democracy Award, and a panelist at the NED donation ceremony, the very same U.S. organization whose subsidiaries are funding and supporting Bercy, casts irrefutable doubt on their official agenda for clean and fair elections, claims by Bercy members that Anwar Ibrahim is hijacking their movement's ring, uh, especially hollow, it rings hollow, when looking at both his and Bercy's entwined foreign financial and political backers. So in other words, this character was sent in, in from Australia to help uh, manipulate and alter and direct uh, another country's elections. And he's got all these ties to the World Bank and all the rest of it to get their own guy in. And this is pretty standard stuff that goes on. The real stuff that goes on isn't like James Bond where the ground's shooting everybody. Uh, it's nothing like that at all. The real world is it's all uh, subterfuge, uh, big money backing uh, groups. And again, the soft power of hundreds and thousands of non-governmental organizations that actually get some funding from you, your taxpayers, and also get, they get funded from the foundations that also help run the... Uh, they're all part and parcel of the NSA, the CIA, uh, the MI6, Mossad. It's all one and the same thing, folks. has been all, all your life, in fact. But no country should be left alone. You cannot be independent in this day and age. You must be under the, the big corporate boys' thumbs and uh, otherwise only bomb you out of existence and standardize you anyway. Because the first thing you do, once they've bombed out your infrastructure, infrastructure, the IMF comes in and gives you a loan you can never pay off with compound interest. It's quite simple, isn't it? Now, (laughs) 
years ago, I remember putting up links on the little birds, little birds that the the Pentagon were put out. Uh, the, the little birds were mechanical. They could actually charge themselves or recharge themselves on a, on a telephone line or a power line and uh, and follow people even doors. They could fall, fly through the window or follow you through the corridors and through doors. Uh, to, to, they already had these things, different kinds of little birds. Probably, you know they're fake because I think they're killing off all the real ones. And I mentioned that before with the agricultural department in the U.S. that some admitted they're killing off millions of birds every year, songbirds, because they're eating Monsanto's seed, you know. Anyway, it says here, the U.S. Air Force develops terrifying swarms of tiny unmanned killer drones. And, it's, and it says, um, it's developing these tiny unmanned drones. They'll fly in swarms, hover like bees, crawl like spiders, and even sneak up on unsuspected targets and execute them with legal, uh, lethal precision. Well, I guess it's legal too, as long as they make it legal. They can do anything. Just some top guy writes his name on it. The Air Vehicles Directorate, a research firm of the Air Force, has released a computer animated video outlining the future capabilities of micro-air vehicles. The project promises to revolutionize war by downsizing the combatants. And they show you pictures and all the rest of it. The MEVs will become a vital element in the ever-changing war-fighting environment and will help ensure success on the battlefield of the future. It's kind of like Minority Report, too, and when you had all these little spiders that released, and they go through all the buildings, and they check your iris, they got an iris scan on you and everything. Quite, quite something. But again, where do you think they get these, these ideas from? There's a big connection, as you well know, between the Pentagon and Hollywood, because, uh, <laughs> in fact, some people are related, in fact, in both. But the thing is, too, that... Um, the Pentagon funds a lot of these movies because of their predictive programming. You think it's quite normal when it actually comes into being, simply because you watched a movie. But you've never reasoned anything out. Also, too, is your local police department using pictures of pregnant women and children for target practice. This is law enforcement targets. Inc. Law, it's called Enforcement Targets. I guess that's the, that's I guess the company that sells them all. This is um, what if I told you that police in your town could desensitize themselves to the idea of shooting armed children, uh, armed ch- children uh, or pregnant women or young mothers for just a couple of bucks? This is for a target. No More Hesitation series from the Law Enforcement Targets, Inc. offers exactly that. So they're, they're going in for the... Uh, this is the whole thing that the cops are into. Now. They're, they're, your, your police in the States are militarized, as you know. In fact, lots of them, for years now, it's probably 12 years now or more, there have been articles in the papers where the vast amounts of recruits coming in are ex-military. So they're all trained as a, as a military. And part of the training in the military is, again, going into mock scenes in urban areas and little targets pop up in windows and so on or in alleyways and you, you either decide to shoot them or not. Very old stuff, that. Anyway, it says, uh, for less than 99 cents per target, police can shoot at real-life images designed to give officers the experience of dealing with deadly force shooting scenarios with subjects that are not the normal during training. And it says here, uh, the subjects in, in image targets were chosen in order to give officers experience of dealing with deadly force shooting scenarios and it says that are not the norm in training. I, I find while speaking with officers and trainers in law enforcement community that there's a hesitation on the part of cops when deadly force is required on subjects with atypical age, and children, frailty, like old people, or, uh, it says, or condition. One officer can explain that he enlarged photos of his own children to use as targets so that he would not be caught off guard with such a drastically new experience while on duty. 
That's quite nice. This hesitation time may be the only seconds, but that's not acceptable when officers are losing their lives in the same situations. The goal of NMH is to break the stereotype on the range, regardless of how slim the chances are for encountering a real-life scenario that involves a child, pregnant women, elderly people, and so on. So you're going to see a lot lot more folk getting shot down in the future uh, as things deteriorate so, so drastically and so quickly. And... Tonight, too, I'll put up an article, I was going to put up last night, but as you all know, my computer, my satellite system's down, so I'm doing everything on dial-up. But it says, abolish the income tax. It says, you won't believe who's getting away with paying zero taxes while the middle class gets hammered. And it says, federal income tax is a bad joke and it needs to be abolished. All over the nation, hardworking American families are being absolutely crushed by oppressive levels of taxation. And the politicians are coming with new ways to extract money from all of us every single year. Back with more on this article after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the tax codes and so on. Every country is the same now with their, their taxes. Same people run the same, the whole world. Big bankers run the whole world. And they do it again through centralized bodies like the United Nations. That's, that's what it is, a centralized body for world government. And they do it too through, again, these organizations that set themselves up. You don't vote them in, the IMF, the World Bank, the Bank for International Settlements. So you, you vote for nothing. And they call it democracy. Private corporations run the world, and they have done for a long, long time. But it says here that the U.S. tax code is nearly four million words long. Four million words, written by lawyers for, you know, for their bosses. And it's riddled with thousands of loopholes that favor big corporations and the ultra-wealthy. And, of course, they say he should come up with a better, fair way to fund the government. Well, they really need all that, the money they're getting in anyway. I mean, where's it all go? Do you get any say in where it goes? Remember there was taxation, uh, which was to get uh, representation. Look at all the, the look at through how they throw the cash around across the whole planet. You never asked where it goes. None of your politicians ask the ones that you supposedly elect in. They're all they're all bought and paid for. It's quite simple. Anyway, I'll put this up tonight, uh, and it's quite an interesting article. Now, the privatization across the world goes on with water and everything else that you need, all the things that you need. Again, that was the Rawlingship of International Affairs. It says to go after all the mineral rights, all the resources of the world, all blah, blah, blah. Even Lenin mentioned it too because he says that eventually there'll be uh, trading blocks. And, and you have the EU now as a trading block that the Americas was to be next in the far eastern Pacific Rim region, which is already happening. So Lenin knew it because he was put up by the bankers too, the ones in London, that is. An idea, to, again, with free trade, it's not free trade at all. It's free for the big boys that gets in to them. Of course, they don't want anybody in at all. And you find if you're a little guy and try to do some free trade, you, you can go through a thousand different loopholes and hurdles to jump to uh, to try to get in. It'll never happen, in other words. It's to keep everybody else out. That's what free trade's about. International corporations only, you see. But also you find, too, as they privatize all the stuff that you, you, your grandparents, and all the rest of them uh, paid for, generations paid for, for power, water, and everything else, and hand it over to their buddies for peanuts. And then obviously it's going to be more, uh, you're going to get more, it's going to be more economical, uh, or economically run than the government could do it. This is what they always tell you the same nonsense, but it's not a country in the world that hasn't been screwed silly after they privatize it, because they're in it for, for private profit, right? 
And you find the same thing in Adelaide too. It says outrage at 39% in fixed power supply fees. 39%. Well, that's about equivalent to where we are in Ontario and Canada here. Because when they privatized it here, same, same thing happened. It has to go up, I think, 8% every year for the next umpteen different years. So uh, that's how just the way it's, it's getting fixed up. And back in the 90s, Maurice Strong, the, the great guy, who has never been elected to anything by the public, who was a front man for Rockefeller and who works for the United Nations most of his life, uh, Maurice Strong said in the 90s, uh, that uh, when they brought him in from the United Nations for a little while to privatize the Ontario electrical supply systems, and Ontario uh, Hydro, they called it then, and they made him chairman. And then until they found out he was getting two two salaries, one from the United Nations and one as a head of the CEO of the of Ontario Hydro. But anyway, he was he was set in to privatize it all by the big boys. And uh, he said at the time, there was articles in the paper, newspapers in the 90s, he said... Uh, uh, eventually, there'll be very little power for the average person. And he said, uh, it'll be so bad, he says, we'll have to have special generators built for big um, corporate uh, buildings and so on, uh, vital buildings to keep them going. He says, because the idea was to start closing down the nuclear plants and all the rest of it and coal industries, etc. This was in the early 90s, he said, all this stuff. See, uh, the newspapers are about 20 years behind the times. That's what they tell you. So it's all, you're living through an agenda, a script, you understand. All the carbon taxes, all that stuff, way, way ahead, before you ever heard of it. All fixed, planned, probably micro-planned too, right down to the last little bit, jot and tittle, and you are hearing about it now. So it says here that, uh, it says, and blow to Victorians in, in Australia, struggling to save money by using less power. See you again, you're, you're good, use less power, and your children will, will, will nag you, because they're all taught brainwashed at school to come home and nag you, Using too much water and so on. Analysis reveals that they will pay as much as $477 this year without flicking a switch. Energy Retailers Association of Australia's Chief Cameron O'Reilly blamed higher network meter and green scheme costs for driving up fixed service to property charges. So, you see, they're strong in the 90s talking about this worldwide. Big, big player in, in this world agenda. They're, they're, he gave you the, the Rio Summit. He was a front man for that, although it was the Rockefellers that drew it up, part one and two. So nobody's escaping from this. It's a world order. That's what Bush Sr. said. I can see the new world order, a new world order emerging. Well, are coming into view, and, and that's what you've got. It's a world order. They don't want anyone to escape this. And also in Australia, too, it says health fund premium set to rise as budget cuts hit insurance subsidies, it says. So their health premiums are set to rise from April 1st for families. And um, it says they're set to rise by around $150 a year for families on April 1st. Uh, they love April fully. But same, uh, that's all us, but same health fund members will face premium rises, up, or some of them will face premium rises up to $1,875 as government budget cuts hit their insurance subsidies. So, uh, yep, remember I told you years ago, eventually your disposable income will all be going to bare essentials. And this is what it's all about, folks. You're post-industrial, post-consumer, according to the to the Club of Rome, the big think tank for the United Nations. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. And also, in a system that's non-democratic, as I've mentioned before, the Club of Rome, I think it was a a book called The First Global Revolution, they mentioned two way back that that, uh, this big think tank for the United Nations said that democracy simply couldn't work. And the big agendas that had to get pushed through would not work with democracy in the way. In other words, too many competing factions and groups all vying for power. They made sure of that because they, they fund all the different groups. They're all radical. They're all fighting each other for the big buck. But anyway, they'd have to go ahead and, and train the public gradually into an authoritarian society. And that was in the 70s they wrote that one. And, of course, in, in 2001 you had bingo, you had your Pearl Harbor event, same thing as the Club of Rome, not the Club of Rome, the, the PNAC group said the yeah, Pearl Harbor type event to get everybody behind them and down came the towers. So we've been under anti-terrorism ever since, everything's changed. In fact, I think one of the top guys coming from it was, uh, if it was Pearl or who was it said that day, he said on, the, on the, the news, he said that things will never ever be the same again. And they meant it because the big agenda was already written. And we lost all our rights, all, pri- all privacy, everything else, and now you've been trained it's quite normal as things get worse and worse and worse. Because you're into an authoritarian society, as the Club of Rome said, to get the big world agenda through, standardizing the planet. And, of course, with all your information, and information is the most important thing today. Uh, it's, it's all run on information about everybody, every, every single person. You've got to have everybody's data updated by you every day as you chat away in the phones, as you as you tweet with each other, as you punch up websites, they have all that fed into a virtual you, which they then in the Pentagon can run programs on to see how you react in actual situations. And they say it's about 100% effective. <laughs> Quite something, eh? But anyway, you, you see, you've seen a complete merger with the military-industrial complex and all communications. That's quite, it's the natural way it had to go, the system. And BAE systems, is one of the biggest military contractors out there, has signed a five-year deal with Vodafone, which will see the companies produce and sell mobile security products. So it's focusing on smartphones and tablets to begin with. The partnership will build BAE's existing cybersecurity arm, which is BAE Systems Dedica, and benefit Vodafone's largest enterprise customers with its 1,500 biggest getting access to the solutions. Vodafone will also be, that means hacking everybody else, folks, if you don't understand that. They want to know who's, who's putting, who's buying all the stocks and shares before they even know them themselves, but they're going to do it. This is how all businesses run. That's what the stock market's for. Vodafone will also become BE's main supplier of mobile communications globally, except for in the U.S. From July, Vodafone will provide services to the BEA systems, 35,000 employees, and the companies are in discussions about Vodafone providing unified communications for BAE systems in the U.K. as well, but the terms have yet to be met. So you're seeing everything. Uh, years ago, even in the 70s, they had ads in papers in Britain, and these ads were little jokes, well, these sort of cartoons, I should say, were little jokes. And eventually, one of them turned up about the, the World Corp. This would be the World Corporation in the end. One big companies are all swallowing each other, all those big corporations. There'll just be one in the end. Actually, it's already happened. All the big top corporations are owned by the same people. The mass, they own the, the major shareholders of all these big top corporations. They don't need to own them all. They've been controlling uh, shares. 
And that's how you really own them and where they're going. It's been that for a long, long, long time. It gives you the appearance of competition, but there is no competition. And also, Big Brother's televisions, Intel's latest firm to announce the TV box of spies on you and selects ads that match your behavior. It's not just matching your behavior. I mean, this damn thing is watching all your behavior. Most of it won't care. They'll carry on as usual. And it won't matter to them. That's how bad it is now. That's how quickly you can train the public from privacy to non-privacy. Till now they think, well, who needs it? <laughs> who needs it, eh? But it says here that um, TV that actually cares, that's how they call it, eh? Isn't that wonderful? They, they could, they, if they were cutting off your neck, they'd give it something. Uh, your head, they'd, be, they'd give it some sort of nice-sounding name. You know, seeing things in a different way or lightheadedness or something. I mean, but this is how, uh, TV that cares... Eric Huggers, vice president of the new Intel Media Division for the Microchip Maker, defended the product against privacy concerns in an interview at All Things D Drive into Media Conference. TVs that actually care, as he says. And the camera Intel claims will enable them to personalize this, the interactive features of the product so that different members of the same household can be served programming and advertising specific to them. Right? Can you imagine having a captive audience like that? And you know how hard it is. People used to use the remote. It was a great thing when the remote came out. They could mute it all during the ads. People want to see them now. They want to see them. Because they're putting so much money into making the ads. They can't take their eyes off them. Intel is only the latest company to develop a television product that contains a camera and sensors designed to watch what viewers are up to. And of course for your government. Bill Gates, of course, owns 500,000 shares worth of 23 million U.S. dollars or more of Monsanto's stock. You know, the guy who loves the world and, and wants to sterilize you and so on. So he owns 500,000 shares worth 23 million U.S. dollars. Because, again, too, they're going to make sure that in the future, like, again, going after all resources, get your water, food and everything, you can't get seed anywhere else. I mean, this is the agenda. We all know that by now. I don't have to harp on about it. You all know that. And they've done so many dirty tricks over different countries, even Latin America. They even drop the seed in, I'm sure, by air and so on. And, of course, once Monsanto stuff's in there, they can go and sue everybody, which they do. They sue them like crazy. I've got articles here about that, too. Even the, the, the soya bean guy that, in the States that uh, went to the Supreme Court, I think he lost today, because all the courts are all on board with the big agenda, you see. That's why they become judges and stuff. And this one here, too. This is the biotech industry led by Monsanto is increasing their propaganda efforts to reshape their public image and sway your opinion against the need to label genetically engineered foods. They don't want it labeled, you see. Part of this makeover program appears to be the recruitment of seemingly independent ambassadors. Seemingly independent ambassadors. That's the important part. To covertly lobby the GE agenda. The appearance of being an independent voice is imperative for the role to be effective. One such covert agent appears to be Mark Linus, an, an environmentalist and writer who claims to have converted to a pro-GE stance after he discovered the science. His claims of being a mastermind of the anti-GE movement before he changed his mind has actually been vehemently rebuffed by veterans in the movement who don't recall him being involved in any meaningful way. The fight for GMO labeling has now moved to the state of Washington where the People's Initiative 522, the People's Right to Know Genetically Engineered Foods Act, will require food sold in retail outlets to be labeled if it contains genetically engineered ingredients. So what you do, you, you, you just create little stars or get ones who already are really stars 
celebrities and you get them out there saying, what's a great thing for the world? And they're at general play, oh, well, if so-and-so said that, you know, it must be true. Oh, I've, I've seen them in this movie and that movie. And that's how simple it is, isn't it? Now, another big thing that came out to that Obama signed was the Brain Activity Map Project. Massive money into it. Massive cash getting put into it. To find out, to try to find out everything about the brain for total control purposes, of course. This is the Brain Activity Map Project, a collaborative research initiative announced by the Obama administration in 2013 with the goal of mapping the activity of every neuron in the human brain in 10 years. That's our big goal. Based upon the Human Genome Project, the initiative is projected to cost more than $300 million of your tax money per year for 10 years. It's going to be organized by the Office of Science and Technology Policy with participation by the National Institutes of Health, the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA. Can you connect the dots right here? And the National Science Foundation, along with the collaboration by the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. <laughs> Howard Hughes, big military contractors too, but they're into medicine as well. And the Allen Institute for Brain Science. Representatives from Google, Microsoft and Qualcomm have also taken part in planning the project. You understand you're all living now in the Wi-Fi fields. And Persinger, who, who is in a Canadian university up here, uh, you should look at some of his videos. He's all for this guy worked for for, uh, for for the NSA and so on. This Persinger guy and uh, CIA and, and big big projects, big funding. He's a professor, and Persinger thinks this is wonderful. We'll all be able to think the same things at the same time in this unified field. And, and it's, you know, no kidding you, this is this is where they're going with it all. Of course, the other guys, all the rest of them at the top won't be affected by it because they'll have a little, a little um, gizmo, probably it's the size of a, of a matchstick in their pocket that will stop them from being affected by this big field. This is what it's all for. It's for total control purposes. That's what it's for. Why do you think DARPA's involved in it and all these other ones? Hmm? By using new non-invasive methods of electrophysiology derived from nanotechnology, which synthetic DNA molecules will be used to store and report the sense activity of single neurons, they're combining them and combining them with methods of neuroimaging and neuroanatomy. This is participating scientists hope to map activity of each of the approximately 100 billion neurons in the human brain. So they're also got subjects, test subjects, they're using DNA and nanotechnology to try and, and follow their paths, basically, as they travel through the brain and their synapses happening and all the rest of it. You know, because they, they want to help you think better, you know, more clearly. <laughs> and also, too, there's a big EPA scandal. It says, Richard Windsor, the EPA scandal spreads, and, and Administrator James Martin resigns over hidden email accounts, it says here. It says, U.S. Senator David Vitter uh, says the top Republican in the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee today released findings from the Environment Protection Agency's second tranche of Richard Windsor emails. The release shows that Acting Administrator Bob uh, Persia Sepp, I guess his name is, used a private uh, email account to conduct official business similar to Region and Administrator James Martin, who was the subject of an ongoing investigation launched by Vitcher and U.S. House Oversight and Government Reform Committee's Chairman Darrell Issa. And it says... Um, so anyway, these guys are all into their own private businesses as they work for government and so on. Mind you, private businesses generally put them in to, to this position, EPA and all the rest of it. And, um, and they work for the big corporations. So I don't see, I don't, I don't know where this is going to go. Because I mean, it's well known, even the FDA is the same. 
Food and Drug Administration's articles up on YouTube from previous inquiries where big corporations, big pharma, put their own boys in. And uh, there's, there's lists of them. And the big farmers just had to get in touch with, say, five or six of them before any vote on anything. And they're all on their side, of course, and they get their kickbacks, etc. Everyone's corrupt now, you see. They don't call it corruption. It's norm- normal business for them. That, that's the difference between your thinking and their thinking. That's quite simple, isn't it? Also, how will our future cities look? This is quite an interesting spiel by the BBC. And uh, again, it's predictive programming, but it's also the way to, to lull you into what they want you to think about. And I mentioned about the true cities of the future won't be these wonderful things uh, you'll see right now lying vacant around the world. They'll be the old ones. They're all run down and falling apart. Why do you think they haven't been repairing their roads for the last 30 years? This is a, they're way ahead. They planned this stage about 100 years ago. I'm not kidding you. It says, imagine the city of the future. Do you see clean streets, flying cars, and robots doing all the work? Of course not. It says here, no one really knows what the future holds. Well, yes, they do. They're guys who, who, who always direct the future. They know exactly where it's going. But the reality now is that our urban spaces are overcrowded and polluted. Even though your population is plummeting and mass immigration has, has been encouraged and even financed in your country by you. So they're overcrowded and polluted. Almost half, even though there are no factories left, you're polluted. Half the world's population currently lives in cities, and by 2050, that's projected to increase to 75%. But what kind of city will they be living in? The time is ripe. See, experts, again, you don't need to name them anymore. Just experts. That's what Bertrand Russell says. Well, train the public to believe in, in experts so they can't think for themselves. You just have to mention the word, and they believe it. So here it is. Time is ripe. See, experts. To start designing smarter urban environments, both new cities need to sustain an ever-growing population and retrofits on the ones that we have lived in for centuries. Well, that's where all, all the rest is going to be, you know, the, the general population. It says, if the cities of the past were shaped by people, the cities of the future are likely to be shaped by ideas. And there's a lot of competing ones about how such a futuristic urban space should look. And it says some of these revolve around the idea that smarter equals greener. Oh, this greener stuff, eh? It's like fungus everywhere. Sustainability experts predict carbon-neutral cities. I guess there's nobody living in them because, you you know, you breathe out with your two. Full of electric vehicles and bike-sharing schemes. Try that in Canada when you've got six feet of snow. With air quality so improved that office workers can actually open their windows for the first time. You get fine for up here for losing heat. It says, visions of the green city often include skyscrapers where living and office space vie with floating greenhouses or high-rise vegetable patches and green roofs. So we try to combine urbanization with a return to our pastoral past. The pastoral past, but you're all peasants, folks, and a feudal system. But again, this is the new feudal system, isn't it? That's what Quigley said himself, Carl Quigley. The CEOs and the new feudal overlords. And they go on with their, their usual rubbish, and I'll put this link up, like all these links up tonight at cuttingthroughmates.com with <laughs> slow, slow speed uh, dial-up, mind you. But um, it's full of the, all the right things. The cities are reaching breaking points, says Professor David Gann, who heads up Imperial College Digital Economy Lab. Traffic jams are getting worse, queues longer, and transport networks more prone to delays, power outages and more, are more common. The answer may be to uh, lie with big data, you know, that's IBM, smart cities, and so on, and the so-called Internet of Things, where objects previously dumb are made smart by being connected to each other. So it won't be just a slum you're living in, it's going to be, it's going to be a spy s- system too, as you well know. Propaganda's amazing, though, isn't it? This is just amazing. 
And also, two, I've mentioned this one before, but it's, it's important. It's an unconstitutional, it doesn't matter about that anymore. All-you-can-eat data buffet, it says, Critics slam the FBI's stingray mobile tracking tool. This is the Electronic Front, uh, Frontier Foundation Cost Surveillance Tool Unconstitutional. It says the tool used by the FBI has been criticized for being invasive and unconstitutional by an American digital rights pressure group. The Stingrays acts like a fake mobile phone tower, tricking your phone to connect with it even if you're not on a call. I, I, I don't have ever seen them in, in these big um, disasters they try, uh, you know, mock disasters in the States. And these big vans pull along your streets and up go these towers out the tops of the van. And these are the fake, these are the fake, all your cell phones, everything else is connected to them. They know all, all the stuff coming in and out. It's not going to your server at all. Anyway, it says, it can allow users to eavesdrop on your call and locate you to within two meters. Now, the Electronic Frontier Foundation has warned that the device, which is widely used across the U.S. by the FBI, is being used by far more routine cases than the terrorism investigations it was originally introduced to help. Well, that was the scam of getting it in. The pressure group has described it as an unconstitutional all-you-can-eat data buffet. The EFF says that when the Los Angeles Police Department got a Department of Homeland Security grant in 2060 by a stingray, it was in the grounds that would be used for regional terrorism investigations only. Well, everything was supposed to be starting for terrorism, wasn't it? Everything. Instead, EFF's web report says LAPD has been using it for just about any investigation imaginable. So, that everything, just get it on the books, con the public, who generally snore through it, and expand it. All laws are the same. You, know, you see how we're managed so easily? This is management of the human herd. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and also this article too, to round it up, and that's to do with uh, the farce of the media again, uh, how they play with their minds. And I've, I've mentioned so many times that presidents and prime ministers are front men. The guys behind them, the big advisors, are the real important people. They know the world agenda. They get it all done. They're the, the real workers. And all of us are trained uh, uh, in the same place for, for, for world domination, obviously, because they're on board across the whole planet at the same time, every country. And it says that Barack Obama is to receive Israel's Presidential Medal of Distinction. What's that here? And it says, um, it's often criticized over the Israel policy set to be honored during March visit to the Middle East. And it meets the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu at the United Nations. There's big photos there to smile. They're all photo ops. It's sickening, it really is. It's all sickening. It can all be done by Photoshop, mind you. But it says, Barack Obama will receive one of Israel's most prestigious honors during his upcoming visit to the Middle East. On Monday, the office of the Israeli president, Shimon Perez, announced that Obama will be given the Presidential Medal of Distinction in March. I wonder if it will be left over from the Iron Dome, maybe a bit about iron from it, eh? I'll spell a link tonight, too, to show you that the, the U.S. dome, they're going to put a dome up over Europe, too. It's going to be called, I think, the Recycled Plastic Dome, because they've spent all the money for the, on the iron one. Or it could be a tin dome. I don't know. That's another link I'll put tonight, too. Getting back to this article, a statement said that the honor of recognized Obama's unique and significant contribution to strengthening the state of Israel and the security of its citizens. It's true because he's carried on from the Penite group and demolishing their bunch of their enemies. And says Obama's political opponents have complained consistently. He's attempted to distance the U.S. from its traditional support of Israel. And then it goes up to this rubbish. It says in the lead-up to the presidential election last year, 
Republican challenger Mitt Romney, who was never meant to get in, accused Obama of repeated efforts to throw in Israel under the bus. Obama's pick for defense secretary has also been criticized due to comments allegedly made by Chuck Hagel regarding the power of the pro-Israel lobby in Washington, while the admittism was powerful one in the world, apart from the one in London. And so Obama's White House has always maintained its support for Israel, but the president has a, a tense relationship with the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, particularly regarding West Bank settlements and so on, all the usual stuff that fluff is added into it. So anyway, there you are. There he's getting, he's getting a, he's getting a little gong for, for doing his bits for whomever. It's not for America though. Well, America pays for it all. Americans are the most generous people in the world. And they keep telling everyone else in the world that they're free. They've been doing that for about a century now. And, and they haven't a clue. Why do think they're so poor at home? And it's getting worse and worse all the time. It's meant to go really, really bad at the end. Terribly bad with austerity. And they've already tried to cover up all the crime this year already. Tonight I'll put up one article too just to finish it to show you. And it's down in, um, to do with uh, Detroit where I think it's one of every five lights on the highway it doesn't work because the people are, are they're stripping the copper lines. That's just where they're making their living. Because they're so, I mean, there's just no business. There's no nothing. There's no factories anymore. It started on the old factories were left uh, empty, stripping and stripping. Now they're going onto the streets and the highways now and just stripping the copper lining for the electrical supplies. So you, <laughs> you're driving in the dark down there too. Eventually, of course, they know the U.S., and this is the intention of it, by the way, uh, once it's completed its mission, and it does, it's been created for a mission, once it's finished, um, it's going to be called a failed state. Uh, Britain's pretty well there, too. From Hamish Messiah from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>